My name is Selena Miles. I'm a filmmaker from Sydney, Australia, and I directed a feature documentary uh, called Martha, A Picture Story about the life and work of photographer Martha Cooper. I very badly wanted to be a photographer. These contain a lot of Marty's pictures. Interesting. I was looking all over for that. I was willing to do whatever it took. She would get to the heart of something. It turned out it took a lot. Marty's photographs change digital culture all over the world. She's an icon. She's just out there all the time. Come on, smile. City was fascinating. I began to cover the graffiti scene. This photo influenced the whole world. She's with us from the beginning. It was a global phenomenon. Marty has her own unique perspective on things. It wasn't always easy for her to get the attention that she deserved. I was the first female photographer at the New York Post. My assignment was look for cleavage. likes travel, adventure, and a little bit of danger. Are they gonna put me in jail for this? Of course they will. <laughs> Marty Cooper's camera captured the corners of life which are often forgotten about. Always my pictures are people rising above their environment. And that's what I like. People have come up to me and said, you changed my life. All I can say to them as well, you changed my life. I'm not comfortable with the idea that I'm a legend or an icon. I'm never going to be a Google Doodle. <laughs> not, a, not a very high aspiration. That is a trailer for the soon-to-be-released documentary, Martha, A Picture Story. And this is Factual America. We're brought to you by Alamo Pictures, a London-based production company making documentaries about America for international audiences. Today we'll be talking about Martha Cooper, the famous American photojournalist and unlikely hero of street artists everywhere. And joining us is Selena Miles, who has lovingly brought Martha's life to the big screen in her documentary, Martha, A Picture Story. Uh, but Selena, uh, how are things with you? Good, thank you. I'm in Sydney, Australia, and uh, enjoying the last sort of few weeks of summer and um, just working on some projects locally over here. So everything's going well. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, again, as we've as we've seen in the in the and heard from the trailer, and as you've already said, uh, the film we're talking about today is Martha, a picture story. Came out in 2019. Uh, a joyous look at a career devoted to witnessing everyday life, says Hollywood Reporter. Uh, world premiere at Tribeca Film Festival in 2019. Uh, Utopia is releasing it in the U.S. to uh, video on demand on March 16th. Uh, do you know anything about releasing to the rest of the world? We have a lot of listeners uh, across the globe, including in, in Australia. Yeah, so the film is available on video on demand in Australia and um hopefully in some other territories soon. It's a question that I get asked a lot as well because, um, you know, street art is is a, a subculture that's kind of permeated every corner of the globe. So I know there's a lot of people in different places that are interested to see this film. So hopefully soon. That's all I can say at the moment. Okay. Yeah. Well, as, as we often tell people just to go do a search on the internet, and I'm sure you can, yeah. you know, it, you'll be finding. And, and, and a good number of our listeners are in the U.S., so they we definitely say, uh, I guess your video on demand service of choice, you will be able to find it there. Uh, so congratulations on it being released. Um, 
and thanks again for coming on to the um, onto the onto the podcast. It's very much appreciated. So, um, Thank you. Um, so you know, as they say in film, uh, show don't tell. But we uh, we don't have uh, Martha here with us. So uh, I'm going to ask you. Maybe you can uh, for our listeners out there, um, many of them who will not be aware of a lot about maybe street art and uh, and mm-hmm. Martha's career. Maybe tell us a little. You know, tell our listeners who. Um, who Martha Cooper is and, and, you know, and what this film's about. Sure. So Martha Cooper is a photojournalist, a documentary photographer who was born in Baltimore in the 1940s and uh, moved to New York City in the 1980s uh, to work as a press photographer for the New York Post. And during that time, she discovered the early graffiti culture that was happening in New York in the 70s and she started documenting it and sort of fell in love with with it and um, continued her documentation of, of graffiti and street art until today. So she's now in her 70s and uh, still traveling the world, documenting street art in places like Mongolia and Tahiti and um, her contribution has 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 um you know, has helped spread street art around the world. So she's very well loved by people within that community. And so what kind of, I mean, as you've said, um, she uh, was working for the New York Post. Uh, I think the film mm-hmm. says she would, you know, she'd walk through Alphabet City and places like that and just mm-hmm. start taking, um, you know, she was, she was, well, she's, she, as you said, she's a documentary photographer. She sees things, she observes and saw this uh, sort of the burgeoning, uh, uh, graffiti art uh, movement. So she, she, she uh, produced this book, didn't she? That's um, yes. that gets mentioned quite a bit in this doc. Maybe you can say a little bit about uh, subway art. Yes. So subway art was the um, the pictures, the the first sort of five years of her graffiti pictures that um, were combined with the work of another photographer, Henry Chalfont, um, into a self-published well i mean it was eventually published by a publisher but it was very difficult to get published at the time uh into a book that that originally was run with about three thousand copies which you know wasn't really considered as commercial success um but 20 years later it's become known as the most stolen art book of all time because it's a book that has been passed around by graffiti writers all over the world and sort of became like a textbook and a point of reference for people wanting to participate in graffiti culture mm. so but but as you said this initially was uh it, it wasn't even that it wasn't successful i mean you could all i mean i hate to use the pejorative term but it was sort of failure it lost money so she she moved on mm-hmm. to she moved on to other things didn't she i mean uh, uh it just didn't she just didn't her photos didn't gain any traction um mm. and uh, any idea why that that was yeah, I think that at the time, uh, in especially in New York, graffiti was just a really unpopular topic because of the ways that it was associated with other problems in the city, like you know, crime and um, you know, it was, New York was a very difficult place to live at the time, and graffiti became a bit of a scapegoat for for the the problems of the city, and um, people just didn't want to even give it a chance or consider it as an art form or, or study it. It was just um, very stigmatized and by, you know, the government, but also sort of art institutions mm. and um, 
it wasn't until that part of the city's history kind of was gone that um that people were were able to open up to the possibility of it being something interesting and worthy of study so and i think i mean i mean to be fairly blunt i mean i think a lot of these um young artists were uh, who are no longer young anymore they're all about my age but uh, mm. i think uh, they're um I mean, I think they're probably seen as a bunch of thugs and hoodlums in in many ways, mm. weren't they? Um, but as we, I think your film shows, uh, many of them were anything but. Um, but as mm. you've already alluded to, I mean, and, and I know you've got a background in, um, in in street art, which we can talk a little bit more about more later. Um, but uh, I mean, just how seminal is this book? It's almost like, you know, you hear about mm. these uh, uh, rock albums that... Uh, were just influenced everyone, but only sold like, you know, 3,000 copies or something. But everyone who is somebody ended up listening to that album. I mean, it's that's what strikes me about this book, which I was... Uh, and, and a lot of things about this movie, I will say, I, I a lot of things I was not aware of. It's another one of these great films that are coming out now that are telling stories that, you know, just when we thought there were no more stories to be told or <laughs> told a different way, we're, you know, all these things that we didn't know about. So... Uh, maybe you can give it. Put this book in perspective. I know you said it's gone global and most, but uh, mm. you know you've got some great scenes with some big names in street art who just talked about how important this was for them. Yes, it's um, it's amazing to to speak to people about the impact that this book had on them when they were younger, especially in the days before the internet, when access to information wasn't what it is today, and um, I think the best anecdote that is, you know, was sort of passed around and I heard it from a few different people. I think the first, the first time I heard the story was from Jeffrey Deitch, who's a um, gallerist and a curator in New York. Um, but then I actually went to Brazil and tracked down these artists and spoke to them myself uh, is Osgemios who are yeah. um, twins from Brazil. So uh, their story is that in the eighties, they had a, an American graffiti writer um, come to visit in Brazil and he brought this thing called his graffiti information kit. Um, and he included a copy of this, of this, of this book, um, Subway Art. And uh, they, they photocopied it and they, you know, they photocopied every page and they, they drew in the colors and they passed this thing around in a sort of black and white Xerox version. And their mother was an English teacher. So she translated all of the, the captions for them. And that's how they learned to do graffiti. And they're now, you know, some of the biggest, most mm. successful street artists in the world. So it, um, yeah, it, it affected everyone like that. And when you go to these events and you speak to people, it's just the same story over and over again from from different people. So, yeah, I liked yeah. how they. I think they said they would even because they had the black and white version, the copy photocopy. They would yeah. just color it in, you know, themselves, and almost like it was a. There's more than this, but almost like a coloring book. And now these are guys with installations mm -hmm. at like the Tate Modern and places like this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, but does Martha really have no clue that this is happening? She has no idea that this is that this is having this impact globally. Is that is that correct? Yes, I mean, because she was she was a professional photographer, and um, you know she she embarked on this project because she thought it was interesting, but she also thought it was going to be a foot in the door to an editorial photography career for her. Mm. And so when you know things didn't didn't work out the way that um that she was hoping she she just moved on to other things she was working you know full-time in, in new york it's it's um 
a high pressure lifestyle and she kind of put it all behind her. And I think in the days before the internet, it, you know, it was possible for subcultures to be developing, you know, in other places without anyone's knowledge. And um, so, yeah, the book was literally passed around from hand to hand and it was not until um, I'd say sort of the early 2000s that she started to reconnect with that community and started to realize the impact that, that her work had had. So. Yeah, I was thinking, uh, I remember the, the first time I ever went to Paris was in March of 2002, and I was just blown away by how much graffiti there was everywhere uh, and street art. Mm. And uh, I now know who to, to, I should say, credit for that, I think. Um, <laughs> um, but, I mean, in her own career, so she, she's, she files the slides away, she goes on to other projects, she wants to be an editorial photographer. I think you had some great scenes there with uh, Susan Welchman, who a uh, longtime photo editor at Nat Geo. And um, I mean, uh, again, I, I hate to use the term failed, but I mean, from a, from, in terms from a career standpoint, we all have our strengths and weaknesses. I mean, I think you're very, very upfront about this. I mean, um, it just wasn't working out for her in terms of trying to develop an editorial photographer career, was it? Uh, I mean, yeah, there was a time when when she she got her dream job, which was uh, working with National Geographic, and yeah. um, she, you know, she worked with them on a couple of assignments, and she just realized that it was just not the type of photography that she wanted to do, and so she stopped and did something else, which I think is so admirable and. Um, it really speaks to her character and her tenacity. And um, yeah, we sort of go, we spent a lot of time in the film talking about why that type of photography wasn't right for her and, and um, you know, sort of big picture why Martha hasn't found the recognition that she was looking for until now. And, mm. um, you know, she's, she's not your traditional editorial photographer and she's not your, like an artistic, artful um you know, institutionalized art, artistic photographer. So she is hard to place and hard to, to mm. understand for some people. So I think that's what also makes her so special and interesting. And so. and as you say, I mean, it's not just graffiti and street art. She moves on to do all mm. kinds of things. I mean, she even started mm. off, well, she did a lot of things, but uh, one of the main things she was looking at was tattooing year decades before mm. it became kind of more mainstream. Um um, you could credit her with sort of helping launch hip hop. I mean, mm. in terms of uh, maybe you can say, uh, you know, a little bit more about that. Cause that was, I mean, that was an incredible scene where this guy from Germany just goes and looks at her photo archives and he's just blown <laughs> away by all the stuff that she's got sitting around. Yeah. She, um, she had again, while working for the post, she'd, she'd come across this, um, group of, of young boys that were um, breakdancing, you know, they'd put the cardboard down and they were, they were yeah. dancing. She was actually called there by the post um, to document what was, they were calling a riot. And it turned out it was just yeah. these boys dancing. And I think because of her interest in kind of anthropology, she was always looking for, you know, um, expressions of, of folk art or, or people sort of using creativity in their own ways that's that ha, you know they haven't been instructed to by by somebody else and so that's what she saw she, she said she was fascinated by seeing boys dancing so that's the kind of perspective that she brings to things and um and that 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 work that was some of the 
earliest photos of, of certain breakdancing crews in New York that were forming at the same time. And those photos have become incredibly important to that culture. And um, that that's those sorts of stories are just repeated over and over with Martha, you know, with lots of different subcultures in New York. It seems like she was just everywhere at that mm. at that time. And and not only was she there, but she documented everything in a way that others didn't. Her photos are composed in a way that that really helps people understand the how and the why of what people were doing. And then she kept it all. So it's um yeah, it's kind of a an archivist dream going into her studio. It's just like <laughs> It's just such a treasure trove. It's so exciting going in there. So, yeah. Well, for for some of my age, it was great to see someone pull out old slides. You know, like Kodachrome yeah. slides and things. <laughs> I just don't see that anymore. Um, um, no. And she's still going strong in her mid to late seventies, uh, as you've mm-hmm. mentioned. I mean, it's absolutely amazing and a testimony to to uh, what can still be achieved as you get into your uh, later years, isn't it? Yeah, she lives for her work. She, she just lives and breathes photography. And I think that that passion has fueled her through, you know, seven decades. She's, you know, she doesn't take holidays. She doesn't really ever seem to rest. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, she just, she's just got so much passion and curiosity that, that drives her. And I think there's, you know, there's no one that doesn't find that inspiring. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I hope to have half of her energy. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd like to have yeah. half her energy now. Uh, but, uh, (laughs) I mean, uh, and then, uh, I mean, I've, I've actually been to that neighborhood in Southwest Baltimore, uh, by accident, I will say, but I have been to that neighborhood. I mean, that's, uh, she's got this, you know, passion project Mm -hmm. she's doing. It's all, it's all very amazing. Um, I mean, you, Mm -hmm. you alluded to it earlier and I'll, I'll ask you now, I mean, um, uh, maybe say something about what do you think her place is in the August world of photography? Cause she definitely, I mean, I think she comes out and says she's, never has really felt accepted and uh, mm. uh you've got that one great scene where there's a guy kind of looks like stanley tucci who works uh who's works for a gallery is just basically uh uh to paraphrase uh willie nelson smiles and children aren't playing this year basically uh not too many <laughs> smiles people don't like smiling people and uh, you don't know not too many yeah. children they're too cute I mean, what's what's going on here? I mean, you you kind of alluded to it, uh, not just kind of. You mentioned it earlier, but why why is she finding it so hard to f- to find this place in the world of photography? I think that the people who have six, the most successful careers, you know, as artistic photographers or in any kind of institution or industry, are the ones who are sort of really consistent and, and, you know, sometimes maybe a little bit sort of prescriptive and mm-hmm. can deliver a product that, that, that's saleable. And, and Marty's just not like that. She just does, she'll do whatever she's interested in um, with no fear of, or even really consideration of, of the, where that, that product needs to live. Like she's not, she's not driven by, um, you know, she's not strategic at all about about her photography. Um, she's very much looks inward for, for for guidance rather than outward. And I think, you know, it's hard for people sometimes to place her or to to understand how to talk about her photography. And I think that's what was going on in that scene. And what what I love about that scene, it's you know, this gallerist sitting down with Martha to try and understand which of her photos to exhibit. And he says, "Oh, we're not gonna. We're gonna try not to have too many smiling children because Martha loves photographing smiling uh, uh, exactly. children. It's one of her favorite exactly. things." Yeah. And um, and she says, "Why?" 
And that's the moment that, that makes that scene important is that he can't explain why. And he's, he kind of stumbles and he says, well, it's just the way it is. Like, that's yeah. just what art is. Like, people don't take those seriously. And he doesn't know why. And I thought that was that was what made that work, you know, because he's kind of just doing his job. But um, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, she's not, she doesn't think about those things at all. So Yeah, he kind of says, well, if you go, uh, I mean, sort of stumbles, but if you go throughout art, you know, look at portraits, there are not too many smiling people or something like that, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Um, I think this is actually, uh, this may be a good time to have a quick break uh, for our sponsor, mm. and then we will uh, be right back with uh, Selena Miles. You're listening to Factual America. Subscribe to our mailing list or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Alamo Pictures to keep up to date with new releases or upcoming shows. Check out the show notes to learn more about the program, our guests, and the team behind the production. Now back to Factual America. Welcome back to Factual America. I'm here with director, cinematographer, writer, and editor, Selena Miles of Martha, A Picture Story. Uh, Utopia is releasing in the U.S. to video on demand on March 16th. It's already available in Australia, and it should be available everywhere else uh, very soon. Um 80 of the happiest minutes documentary lovers are likely to spend in a theater this year, said Hollywood Reporter. Uh, do, remember when we used to be able to go to a theater and uh, watch yeah. a film, but uh, I will second that. I thought it was a, an extremely tight uh, 80 minutes, very enjoyable. Uh, you learn a lot. I learned, and I, you know, these are time periods I lived through. I went to New York in the 80s. I, you know, um, I knew learned something i i had not known at all anything about um until seeing this film and more than just learned something uh because that's death knell for documentaries these days um it was it was uh it was fun it was you know it was a very enjoyable um 80 minutes um Selena, how does a young woman from Brisbane end up teaming up with a street art icon? I think it's it's not that unbelievable in the sort of connected world we live in today. It's it's pretty simple. I, I just sort of got into graffiti and street art through friends growing up in Brisbane. You know, there's there's a, a whole sort of mm. group of people that participate in that. And then through that, I was invited to a street art festival in Tahiti uh, that happens every year. And um I was the sort of videographer that was documenting the mm -hmm. festival and Martha was the, the official photographer. So, you know, I, I of course knew her work and her book and, and her whole history. And we got given a car and we would drive around the, the capital of Tahiti together for a couple of weeks and take photos of murals. And, um, you know, when Marty tells the story, she says about me, she says, Oh, and when I saw a, getting on that drone and flying that drone around. I was like, oh, who's this? She looks like she knows what she's doing. <laughs> and um, Martha's very supportive of, of women and, and mm. other, you know, other photogra female photographers. So I think that was my inroad. So I was just very, very lucky to get placed with her. So. But it's, it's one thing to travel around with her and, you know, meet a hero of yours. But uh, when did the, uh, how did the idea came up, come up for a documentary? I wish that it had come up, you know, in a it, it, sort of in an organic way, but it, it, it kind of happened by accident. I um I started 
document. I, I asked her if I could come to New York and make a short sort of 10 minute piece about mm-hmm. her for a series that I'd been doing on different artists. And, and she said, yeah, sure. And I said, Oh, it'll be two weeks, you know, no, not too long. And I flew into New York and I arrived at her studio and she sort of gave me a key to her studio and said, Look, welcome. Like this is where you're staying. And the walls were just, you know, covered in slides and mm. all this amazing memorabilia. And the first person that I interviewed was Susan Welchman. She's like, Oh, you should interview my friend, Susan. And it, that just happens to be, you know, Susan Welchman photo editor of national geographic for 35 years. I and I didn't really know the sort of the non-graffiti street art part of Martha's history. So once all that started to click into place, I realized there was a much, much bigger story than what was going to fit into 10 minutes. And that's Mm. when I started just, I just kept coming back and and didn't really know what what I was doing, (laughs) what what I was going to do with the footage. And then, um, you know, it was later on that we realized that it was definitely going to make a feature. So, yes. And was she, I mean, she strikes me as quite humble, um, was she was she reluctant to to make a feature doc out of her life? Well, this is why I think it was good that I kind of tricked her into it, <laughs> not <laughs> not not intentionally, but yeah. because I think if I'd come to her with, with you know a proposal for a feature doc, she probably would have said no. But I don't think it's about being humble. I think it's more that um, that sounds like the kind of thing that might slow her down or get in her way uh, from you know taking photos which is what she lives for so yeah. that that was the the challenge was making sure that i wasn't sort of impeding her process or, or getting in her way so well yeah. that's uh no that's amazing i think um um and i think it's even in the press pack but um you say uh you, you start you know you're ringing people up going to meet people and, and once they find out what you're doing they say oh i'll do anything for martha i mean you found a lot of eager yeah. participants for this film didn't you Yes, it was actually very hard to find anyone with any kind of opposition or that could create any friction or, you know, <laughs> which is why I was so happy when I found that scene of the gallerist. I was like, finally, yeah. you know, some conflict because, you know, <laughs> a film needs conflict. So, right. um, yeah, she's very, very well liked. It's a lovely, lovely doc. And, uh, um, but why has it taken so long to be released? I think COVID has definitely been mm. something, a factor that's, that's affected, uh, you know, everybody in the film industry over the last 12 months and you know it is it is also like a pretty sort of niche documentary as Mm. far as a lot of people are concerned it's a niche topic and it's hard to place you know independent documentary in Mm. cinemas these days so um, I've learned a lot about the distribution process and um, I'm just really happy that people are going to be able to see the film and you know there's we've had people um, contacting us from every every country in the world, asking wh- where they can see the film from Russia. You know, we've had screenings in Russia, we've had screenings all over South America and Europe and Asia. So, it's um, yeah, it is a really global film, and I'm I'm glad that it's it's sort of having a, an ongoing life. We won't uh, derail this uh, conversation with about how distribution is or is not working in in the film world right now, especially for uh, independent docs. But uh, it seems to me at the very, I mean, even if it's just everyone who's got an interest in street art these days, you're going to get, um, you've got quite a, a viewership, I think, for this for this film. But it's it's more than that. Correct me if you think, uh, you know, if I'm wrong, but it strikes me that this film is also about other th- things, like all good docs are, and. Mm. Uh, 
It's also a film about the evolution of two art forms, isn't it? Street art and photography. Is that because I feel yeah. like that's what you capture in this in this film as well? Do you agree? Yes, I think so because、uh, you know a lot of the themes in the documentary are about the changing role of photography and you know in art and in society and how you know the relevance of of a photographer like Martha has has shifted or you know the the ways in which her work is understood is changing. Um, with time and it's it's fascinating. I find that stuff、um, to be the most the most interesting part of it. So、mm. that's and that's the tricky thing is that as much as this is a film about street art and graffiti, it's it's also got some incredibly universal themes, and I think、mm. it can be enjoyed by anyone. You know, and it isn't niche in that regard. So. I do hope that people aren't sort of scared off by the <laughs> the graffiti content, even though there's some scary graffiti scenes in the first sort of well, ten minutes. But、um, yeah, yeah, yeah.、Uh, yeah Silly,、so、you're not, you don't, maybe not even done yourself justice. There are, there is tension, there is、uh, conflict. There's,、um, I mean, one thing we hadn't even talked about is,、um, I mean, Martha thrives on a little danger, doesn't she? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she does. She really does, and.、Um, Yeah, and and not a spoiler alert, but、uh, you know we we see her going,、uh, you know, undercover. I mean, if she'd been here, I was going to ask her even to ask her questions. She even says, you know, some of the stuff they're doing is sort of vandalism. You know, where is this、uh, mm. this line between? You know, I, maybe there's something you can speak to as street art. Street art's in it. I mean, we could do a whole podcast on street art, and、uh, I mean、yeah. about how,、um, <laughs> you know, how it's you know it's it's becoming. I, It's hard to say it's mainstream, but it's becoming more mainstream. It's in galleries. These、uh, we found out that these young artists from the '70s and '80s weren't thugs. They're actually extremely well-spoken artists that、uh, have a lot to say.、Um, and so, how do you? I mean, how do you maintain street art's vibrancy when it when it does start becoming, you know, kind of more mainstream? Is this something that people in street art talk about? Um,、mm. Or is this something? Do you still need to have this sort of danger element of sneaking into a breaking into a railway yard and painting a a carriage? Yeah, it's a it's definitely a hot topic. It's、uh, something that people love to talk about, and and I think it's you know, people's compulsion is to sort of try and categorize,、uh, especially when it comes to art. You know, it, it, this is this is not this, and.、Mm. Um, And it helps people to understand things that can be confusing. And、um, you know, Martha has taught me so much about how to think about these things. And I think having been around for so many decades and had expectations that have failed, or things that have surprised、mm. her, or cultures that have come back when she thought that they were gone,、mm. she has this really pragmatic attitude. And she, I think, looks at the world.、Um, Just with curiosity, and you know, she says when we're talking about the gentrification of neighborhoods using street art, and is street art、um, still relevant? She says, you know, when I see street art being used in advertising, I'll definitely take a photo of that. And that's kind of her measure on the world: is is this worth taking a photo of? And、um, mm. she doesn't try and have an opinion about good or bad or right or wrong. And I think that's that's.、Um, That sort of open-mindedness is is the right way to 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 come about it. I think it's all interesting, and it's it's you know, culture is never static. It's always evolving and changing and responding. So,、um, and it's expanding in every direction. You know, there's more extreme things happening, and there's、mm. some 
sort of outrageous commercial things happening. So I think it's all just part of it and it's all intertwined and yeah. So it's a it's a hard one to answer that question. Okay, maybe maybe we sometimes over well, I certainly do sometimes overthink things and uh, also mm. I mean it strikes me and I was even gonna make the comment earlier, I think um in some ways, I mean thank goodness she's she's had the career she's had, but she might have been better suited as a documentary filmmaker in some ways, you know, one of these classically, you know, observational cinema kind of types, because that's basically what she's, she observes, she sees things mm. and takes pictures of them. And she's not, mm -hmm. she doesn't create some artifice or anything. She just, what she sees and she, she, I mean, I'm, I'm just speaking out loud here, but it strikes me what she sees. She sees things through the camera lens and says, wait a minute, that makes a good picture. Or I'm capturing something that's interesting. And she has an eye mm. for that. I think it even comes up. She has a, she doesn't have an eye for facial recognition or something like that. But she, yeah. <laughs> but she does have an eye for the, for the amazing photos that she takes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just a really sort of unique um, combination of, of, of her, experiences in her formative years as well you know having a father who ran a photography store and then um you know having her training in in newspaper photography i think that's really informed her her mm. sort of visual language and and that kind of objectivity and you know trying to just tell it how it is you know that's her seems to be her mission and yeah, yeah I've, I've learned a lot from watching the way that she sees the world and the way she handles things and and it's kind of this deliberately unintellectual approach sometimes, you know, mm. which I, I really like and respect. So. That's, that's very interesting. And I think one thing we hadn't discussed also is what the film also captures given her, when she, her, you know, the time periods is that uh, we've gone from a world where she's the first female photographer, mm. you know, at the New York Post to now a world where everyone's a photographer. Or filmmaker mm -hmm. and I kind of interrupted you earlier but you were saying that this is one thing that you're capturing where wither photography where's photography heading I mean where do you think it's heading is it and is it becoming less appreciative of the Martha Coopers of the world you know there's there's some scenes in the film where we go down to Art Basel in Miami you know the big international art fair and mm -hmm. um, we're in Wynwood which is this neighborhood where you know tourists flock in there you know yeah. tens of thousands to yeah. take photos of these these murals and some of those scenes are pretty frightening as a, as a, you know, documentarian, you look at it and you think, Oh my goodness. Like, you know, there's just, I don't know how many images are produced in that neighborhood every day collectively, but it would mm. be tens of thousands. And then you start to think, well, in, you know, a hundred years, if people want to look back and study like what the world was like, at this time, how would they do it? Like, how would they sift through all this stuff? And mm. I think that's when photographers like Martha become important because it's it's becomes less about the being there and the taking the photo and more about the the context that you're bringing to that photo what, and what you do with it afterwards and how it's archived and how it's explained later. So, um, yeah, but it's it is changing. It's it's you know it's very hard to get to get a to be the only one to get a picture these days and i think that's what drives martha underground mm. with with graffiti artists is you know and i can attest to it because i've done it myself the feeling of being the only one there documenting something and knowing that if you weren't there that moment wouldn't would not make it into history is is kind of intoxicating in today's mm. you know kind of saturated environment so um 
yeah, it's a tough one, but I, I, I do think it's, it's, it's worth thinking about, but it's not worth worrying about. So. Yeah. And what do you yeah. think uh, her legacies is or will be? Um, I mean, she even kind of mentions it too. She, you don't know. She's, she saved all these, mm. well, all these slides, and now I'm sure all these digital images on I don't know how many hard drives she probably has. Um, um, you know, the people 30 years from now, whatever, might come back and find some things that she's taken photos of and now mm. and then appreciate it. Appreciate it. But uh, mm-hmm. do you think she'll receive the credit she's due? Yes, absolutely, I do. And I think it's beginning to happen now. And I'm so glad that the film has contributed to that. There's a, a huge retrospective of her career that's on, um, it's being exhibited at the Urban Nation Museum in Berlin at the moment. And it's okay. just been extended to next year. So that's, you know, one of the first. I'm sure it won't be the last. And um, yeah, I think that there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of photographs in her archives that no, no one's seen since she, she took them. So who knows what, how those will become important in the future. So, yeah. And I, I also think just the, the kind of the life lesson you can take from Martha's story and, and um, you know, the thing that people say to me after seeing the film is, you know, it makes me want to go out and take photographs and inspires me to, you know, be the, be who I am and, and mm. go my own way in life. And I think that's her legacy and, and people who learn her story will hopefully continue to, to be inspired by, you know, the, the, the moves she's made in her life. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's only just the beginning for, for people understanding her as a photographer for sure. And with that in mind, what do you think, what do you want the legacy of this film to be? I don't know. It's like, you know, it's been, you know, as you said earlier, it has been difficult to get, distribution for this film and I think it's partly to do with the timing and things that are going on in the world but there's also been moments where I've been like oh you know is it is it ever gonna have a life and then I just think about subway art you know and Mm -hmm. I think this is probably how you know this is a small on the small scale what Martha experienced with subway art and then you know when she's in her 60s it comes back in this amazing way so you know that makes me feel more reassured that this film will have an ongoing life and there's so many people that feature in it that are important and um so i'm really optimistic about how this film will 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 live on so yeah i'm just happy that people get to see it all right and it's uh my i understand it's your directorial feature debut is that right yeah. And yes, it is. Yeah. So, so, uh, so, well, again, congratulations. Uh, extremely well done. And what is what's next for you? That's a good question. Right now, I'm just um, just sort of laying low in Australia. It doesn't feel like the right time to sort of start working on another another feature for me. So, I've got a few things in development and and just keeping an eye out for the next the next uh, story worth telling. It's it's a hard act to follow. Um, I feel like I got so lucky with Martha. So <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> when be- I find something as good, I'll let you know. <laughs> well, please do. We'd love to have you back on. I, I think um, I think you, you do have a hard act to follow because I think you've done an amazing job with this mm-hmm. first film and uh, you have a great subject. And it's, um, like I said, it may not be, uh, I mean, you know, we probably have undersold it in some ways. It's, uh, um, I mean, you have these interviews with these um, these famous um you know, street artists. We've got uh, amazing scenes uh, that's been captured in terms of her, you know, archival stuff, 
involving her from the 70s and, and the 80s and, and the different scenes she's captured and the whole artistic process and 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 as you said they've they're these big global themes and we also have um, again a bit of a spoiler but we also have uh, Martha running around in a black hoodie uh, going undercover with a bunch of uh, uh, renegade street artists in Berlin so uh, you know I think it's uh, some some pretty nervy stuff in there um, I think uh, <laughs> Uh, worrying about whether she's going to get run over by a train or not. So I think, uh, so it's well done. And I uh, just wanted to uh, congratulate you again. And to say, I think we've uh, about come to the end of our time together. So um, so thank you so much for uh, for coming on to the podcast, Selena. No, thank you so much for having me. And thanks for your interest in the film. Well, it's uh, it's more than interest. I highly, you know, highly recommend people uh, check this out. It's... Uh, it's again just to remind our listeners. We've been talking to Selena Miles, the director of uh, Martha: A Picture Story. Uh, Utopia is releasing in U.S. to video on demand on March 16th. It's available in Australia already, and it will be available rest of the world uh, imminently. Uh, also, give a shout out to our engineer Freddie Bresbrode and the rest of the team at This Is Distorted Studios here in Leeds, England. Uh, I want to thank again Nevin Apanovich, our podcast manager, who ensures we continue getting such great guests like Selena onto the show. And finally, a big thanks to our listeners. As always, we love to hear from you, so please keep sending us feedback and episode ideas, whether it is on YouTube, social media, or directly by email. And please remember to like us and share us with your friends and family, wherever you happen to listen or watch podcasts. This is Factual America, signing off. You've been listening to Factual America. This podcast is produced by Almo Pictures, specializing in documentaries, television, and shorts about the USA for international audiences. Head on down to the show notes for more information about today's episode, our guests, and the team behind the podcast. Subscribe to our mailing list or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Alamo Pictures. Be the first to hear about new productions, festivals showing our films, and to connect with our team. Our homepage is alamopictures.co.uk.